We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Monday, May the 9th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down this weekend series as South Carolina drops two of three games in College Station of the Texas A&M Aggies. Guys, I'll break down the series in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk key takeaways. Also, we'll hand out the Ooh Ooh Series MVP award. Also, of course, I'll talk slap dig of the weekend. Who's hot? Who's not? And what's next for South Carolina baseball as well? Also, guys, news and notes to get into, including Shane Beamer picking up a big commitment from a three-star defensive back. Guys, I'll break down the commitment specifically who it is and what he brings to South Carolina football. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by the Spurs Up Show store guys tsus.store the best game cox merchandise on the internet be sure to stay tuned to all our latest drops including t-shirts tank tops long sleeves hoodies pullovers koozies flag stickers you name it we got it everything you need to satisfy your game cox merchandise needs also guys all of your favorite collections that include but are not limited to beamer ball beamer rattler 22 yard cox baseball clem sucks and much much more again, guys, for all of your Gamecocks merchandise needs, be sure to check us out. TSUS.store. That's TSUS.store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. Let's get it. Boys and girls, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And again, guys, I hope this show does find you what I'm going to where you are, what you are doing. I hope you had a fantastic Mother's Day, by the way. Let me wish a belated happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Maybe you're a mother tuned into the Spurs Up Show today. Again, appreciate you and all the great mothers out there 
as well was really fun for me personally got to go home spend time with the family with my mom with my grandma again we're so appreciative and so thankful here on the spurs up show for all the fantastic mothers in our lives again guys appreciate you all tuning in got a lot to get into a lot to dissect of course it is a yard cox heavy edition of tsus as we break down everything that happened over the weekend in college station guys before we do a couple of housekeeping items couple quick updates as we go into a new week of course we are live this week from 10 roof on wednesday we are back to our normal scheduled time and again it feels like it's been forever since we had a normal 10 roof show but we are normal this week six to eight at 10 roof in the vista again don't forget three dollar drafts three dollar rumple three dollar fireball as well great food great people great times again we always have a fantastic time at 10 Roof on Wednesday nights. And again, guys, like I said, I'm very excited to be back to our normal scheduled time. That is 6 to 8. Also, guys, a quick update on the Road to Glory content. With that being said, we will rock Road to Glory with Spencer Rattler twice this week. I have decided those two days are going to be back-to-back. Wednesday and Thursday, we will rock with the Road to Glory content. The reason For that being, I think Wednesday makes a lot of sense because, of course, we have the two hours at 10 roof. So, again, you can look at that six to eight slot as being more of the traditional daily crow, if you will. So, again, on Wednesday, we'll do the Road to Glory series with Spencer Rattling. And, of course, Thursday, guys, like I said, I feel like Thursday is just a convenient day in the week because there's not a ton going on. But, again, this is, of course, subject to change. But, again, right now, that Road to Glory series, in case you missed it, guys, I just felt like, you know what? We're in a slower part of the year with just baseball. A little bit of recruiting sprinkled in, but really things have slowed down. Why not go ahead and bring back some of this NCAA football content? And that is what we have done, the Road to Glory series. As I mentioned, we'll rock with it Wednesday and Thursday of this week, noon to two, filling in the slot of the Daily Crow. And the beautiful thing about it is this, guys, I still take your questions and your comments and everything else. So you think of it as the Daily Crow just getting to watch some NCAA football as well, which is a lot of fun. Uh, Also, guys, one quick update. I know there have not been quite as many interviews on the show over the last couple of weeks and really over the last couple of months. And there have been reasons for that from scheduling issues to migrating over to our new hosting platform, Blue Wire, to everything in between, right? Getting these interviews on has become a little bit more of a challenge, but I am very excited to announce and let you all in on. We have got some massive, and I mean massive interviews taking place literally this week. We'll be dropping an interview over the next few weeks. And really moving forward, I'm planning on expecting to have an interview on the Wednesday podcast each and every single week. Guys, I can confirm again tonight at 6 o'clock we've got one. I'm not going to spoil who it is. And then Wednesday, we have got a massive, massive interview. And the only hint I'll give you is this. It's with a former Gamecocks football assistant. So that's the only hint I'll give you, but it's a very big interview. And again, I'm really excited for those interviews to return because I've talked to you guys about this before. You know, people ask me all the time, Chris, what's your favorite thing about what you do? And what do you love most about TSUS? I mean, the interviews arguably are my favorite thing, getting to meet and talk with and conversate with guys that I watched on TV growing up and guys that I look up to and and just dudes that I really rock with and think are awesome people and getting to hear their stories, get their insights. Again, it's a lot of fun. So again, I'm really excited for those interviews to return. Again, I apologize. There ever was a hiatus, again, just due to scheduling and other things sort of out of our control. But here we are. We are back. Interviews are rocking. And I cannot freaking wait for you guys to hear them starting up again on Wednesday. So, again, guys, we have got a jam-packed week. Content bleeding out 
the eyeballs as we navigate through here in this second week of May. But let's go ahead and dive into it. Of course, we're talking South on a baseball. The Yardcocks dropping two of three in college station to the 13th ranked Texas A&M Aggies in extremely frustrating fashion. Of course, South kind of winning the game yesterday, salvaging one, winning nine to four, but losing those first two on Friday, 16 to four. Then, of course, Saturday, a game that one of the wackiest college baseball games, one of the wackiest baseball games in general that you will probably ever see as South kind of relinquishes a nine to zero lead and finds a way to lose 13 to 12. You know, guys, I picked South Carolina, by the way, to go to College Station and lose two of three. So am I shocked at the final result, losing two of three games to a red-hot A&M team on their home field? No, I am not. But just because you pick something and just because you have proper, even when you have proper expectations and you expect certain things to happen, It doesn't take away the pain or the confusion or the frustration, right, of getting to that end result. And certainly, when you look at Friday and Saturday and just how those games went and how you got there, it is damn near impossible not to be extremely frustrated. South Carolina had the lead at some point in all three of these games. They had the lead in all three of these games in the fourth inning and were unable to hold on to leads. Listen, Friday, I can live with. You know what? You start Brett Thomas, you roll the dice with that strategy that I very much so disagree with, and it blows up in your face. The bullpen falters yet again, and simply put, you know, the combination of John Gilreath, Parker Coyne, Cam Tringali, and Aiden Hunter just did not get the job done. And Texas A&M tattoos you at home. Whatever. Is what it is. You lose 16-4. to That Saturday game. And you know what's such a shame, guys? What's such a shame about this weekend? As you look at the offensive points of South Carolina, Friday, four runs on 10 hits. Saturday, You had 12 runs on 16 hits. And then on Sunday, you had nine runs on 14 hits. I could argue this was your best offensive weekend of the entire season. And the unfortunate thing about it is it comes in a weekend in which you lose two of three, and you damn near got swept. I mean, you came into Sunday, of course, already losers of the series, just fighting to salvage a single game. And again, just because you have proper expectations and you understand deficiencies and faults of a ball club, it does not make it any easier to stomach it when you watch it unfold before your very eyes. And of course, I'm referencing that Saturday game. And I mean, I I just, to be up nine to zero, right? To be up nine to zero and not have competent options out of the bullpen to hold a nine to nothing lead. You know, your hitters, I have been so critical on the lineup and I've been so critical on the hitters all season long. 
I've been critical on the hitters before the season started due to what happened last year. When your pitchers would pitch their freaking tails off, right? When your pitchers would give you all they had and your hitters, you felt like, did not hold up their end of the bargain. Hey, sometimes you got to win a game with hitting. Sometimes you've got to win a game 12 to 11, 13 to 12, 15 to 14. Sometimes it happens. And sometimes your hitters have just got to take it upon themselves to swing the shit out of it and go win you some ball games. What's so frustrating is they did that this weekend and you still lost two of three. Again, Mark Kingston referenced it. And I know how we all feel on Mark Kingston. He's not the guy, guys. I'm not going to sit here for, for 30 minutes here on a Monday a- until I'm blue in the face and tell you fire Mark Kingston, fire Mark Kingston, fire Mark Kingston. Unless something changes moving forward, I think that is a point that is well understood. We don't need to continue to beat that down like a drum, right? But in a weekend in which you swung it so well and Kingston made this point, for whatever reason, especially when this team goes on the road, as we talked last week, there are three facets to the ball game. There's pitching, there's hitting, and there's fielding. And so, for example, the previous weekend against Alabama, when you swept the Crimson Tide, you were solid in all three phases. I could argue in all three phases, you found a way to get the job done. You weren't perfect, but you were able to get enough out of all three phases at the same time, right, at the same time to secure victory. As South Carolina now sits here with a 3-12 and record on the road. 3-12, and guys. So no matter what, I mean, you got Florida to close out the season at their place. Your road record, though, is going to be abysmal. Even if you swept the Gators, your road record is going to be abysmal when you look back at it, right? But for whatever reason, this team goes on the road and those three phases I mentioned, they go right out the window. Or only one of the three phases shows up, right? You're able to swing it all weekend, but you couldn't play good defense for a lot of it, and you certainly couldn't pitch. You couldn't pitch. And we know the problems with the bullpen. Again, I I don't want to beat a dead horse because it is the same thing every single weekend. But it's just wild to think that we've gotten to a point in the season, and we've been at this point, sure, but to the point where, like, you have to throw Matthew Becker twice. You have to throw Matthew Becker on back-to-back days. You have to throw Kate Austin. I mean, you threw Becker Austin Saturday and Sunday. Both of these guys, Saturday and Sunday. Two freshmen are better than anybody else you could trot out there. Not only are they better than anybody else, you're having to trot them out there on back-to-back days. I mean, that is, you know, I hate to call guys out by name, but man, what does that say about your veteran guys, like the Gilrees, the Coins, and the Tringales of the world? You know, like, and we talked about that in the preseason and how important those guys were going to be, and I really hoped, I really hoped those were going to be guys that took a step forward 
And I know you're hurting not having Hicks. I know you're hurting not having Bosnick. I get it. But it's just insane that we've reached a point, that we're at the point where I'm watching the games this week and I'm like, we literally have nobody else. I mean, my good buddy texted me Sunday, said, Chris, texted me yesterday. Hey, if, if Kate Austin gets in trouble, you got to have two or three guys getting loose, right? And my response then was, who? Who do you trust to hand the baseball to? Right now at this very moment, who do you as a Gamecock baseball fan trust to hand the ball to with a game on the line? Who? Because for me, the list is very short. I say right now the guys that I trust that when I hand the baseball to, number one, I know for the most part what I'm going to get, and number two, I feel as if the product they're going to put on the field their outing is going to give us a good opportunity to win the game. The guys right now that fall in that category for me are probably Noah Hall, Will Sanders, Kate Austin, and Matthew Becker. And I think that's it. That's it. Those are the only guys. That's four pitchers. Four pitchers that I trust right now. John Gilreath got no clue what I'm going to get out of him. Parker Coyne, nope. Cam Tringali, absolutely not. Aiden Hunter, don't know what's happened to him. Brett Thomas, nah, not really. I mean, God, at this point, Eli Jones has got to be in the mix, I guess. He's throwing really well in the midweek, but I have no clue if he can go out there in SEC weekend and help us. Four pitchers, guys, four pitchers. And I'll tell you this, the bigger point, really the bigger point, as I told you all, a week and a half ago or so, going into Bama weekend, right? That, you know, these SEC series, it's crazy when you look weekend after weekend after weekend. And certainly you can play the what-if game and the hypothetical game. And I have people saying, well, Chris, if we just had a bullpen, you know, we're a top 15 club, we're this, we're that. You know, we would have taken the A&M series. We would have taken the Georgia series. We would have taken the Missouri series. And you know what? Maybe that's true, right? Maybe it is. I, I don't know. You know, it's all hypotheticals. Who knows what would have happened in those situations, right? But the margin for error is so slim. It's so small in SEC play. And that's really what separates the good teams, the great teams, from the good teams, from the average teams, from the mediocre teams. I mean, it really is. It's what separates the contenders from the pretenders, truly. And so we said it going into Bama, at home. You know what? This team being at home, having that edge, that's why I thought it was going to push South Carolina over the edge. And you look back at that Bama series and how close South Carolina was, guys, to having the exact same type of weekend it had against Texas A&M. I mean, you could argue you probably should have lost game one after you blew a big lead. Game two, you won two to one on your home field. And then right game three, you had a big day, sort of like you had yesterday in College Station, right? So you very easily could have lost two or three in that one. And I think all you saw this previous weekend, and again, I don't know if you can attribute it to youth and experience. Like, I don't know exactly what it is. It's hard for me to pinpoint it. But what you saw was South kind of going away from the friendly confines and being uncomfortable. And 
those, those little things, that slight margin for error, right, going against the Gamecocks. You know, it, that Saturday game, for example, if that game's at Founders Park, I think South Carolina probably wins. If the Gamecocks are getting the last at bat, I think they win. And we are having a completely different conversation here on this Monday. We're having a completely different combo. Truly. So, you know, I, I, I don't think this is just, you know, this is a team that, how do I phrase this? This is a team that I don't think is a very good ball club, guys. And I know some will argue, well, this, this, and that. If you had this, if you had that, play the hypothetical game. When you look at the numbers, guys, top to bottom, you're dead last in basically everything. You just, if you were middle of the pack in some things, you could argue to me, well, we're just missing this, we're just missing that. The numbers top to bottom tell you this isn't a good team. And there are six SEC games left, and you are 10 and 14 in conference play. You know what? Is there a, is there a path? Is there a path to postseason play? Sure. But realistically, guys, sitting here on this Monday, and maybe this will hurt some of your feelings. And if it does, it's totally fine. But you need to hear it. Does this team deserve to go to the postseason? Absolutely not. This is not a postseason team. This, this is a team that does not deserve a postseason bid. I mean, barring an incredible run down the stretch or winning the SEC tournament, earning their way in, this is not a team, in my opinion, that just deserves that just deserves a, a tournament bid. They don't. When you look at the numbers, you look at the record, and you look at the ball club as a whole, it, it, it's not a postseason team, guys. I'm sorry. It's just not. It's just not. It's just not. Does that mean I don't want to see the Gamecocks in the postseason? Absolutely not. I want postseason baseball as we all do, but this team doesn't deserve it. This team doesn't deserve it. And you know what? While the 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 Gamecocks have been on the wrong side of things and the margin for error is so small, and unfortunately you've been on the wrong side, that's what bad teams kind of do. That's where bad teams fall. And that's just who you, you are who you are. You know, when you've only got four good pitchers, you're not a good team. You know what? Even if you had James Hicks and you had Julian Bosnick, don't let one weekend make you forget that this is the worst hitting team in the league. It's the worst hitting club in the league, guys. And again, that's what statistics say. That's not me saying it. Statistically, it is the worst hitting team in the league. And this team has the worst overall record in the league. I'll say this. And I said it in the post game on Sunday, and I'm not sure if it was heard by anyone, and maybe it'll fall on deaf ears today. But I was proud of this group for fighting and, and just, you know, because you very easily, after the Saturday game, could have just folded it in. You know what? Season's over. We don't want to be here anymore. And so the fact that you came out and battled Sunday, I, you know, I, I will give some credit to that. Again, I think you should battle no matter what. Heck, your own scholarship, right? Approach it like a professional. Respect the game. Play your tail off. Let the chips fall where they may. But it is really unfortunate that, you know, you finally see this lineup catch fire and you finally see these guys heat up a little bit swinging it and your pitchers just can't hold up there into the bargain. I mean, guys, there's no excuse to ever, ever lose a game in which you're leading nine to zero. 
you should be able to cruise to victory at that point. Guys, it's 9-0 going to the bottom of the fifth, and you find a way to lose the ball game. I, I mean, just unbelievable. And that really, guys, that Saturday game, if there's one game that's going on this season that really encapsulates the frustrations that have been Gamecocks baseball this year, I mean, it's that Saturday game. <laughs> it's, it's that Saturday game. I mean, really. That perfectly, in my opinion, summarizes. And I've said it before, guys, this season reminds me so much of 2017 and 2019, where, you know, you suffer injuries, you suffer setbacks, and you still got a competitive club, I'd say, but it's like every weekend you just simply find a way to lose. I mean, you just find ways to lose every single weekend. Every weekend. Every weekend you find a way to lose. So, as I said in the beginning, while I picked the Gamecocks to lose two of three and I had expectations of that and you're facing a red-hot Aggie club, the thing that we can't stomach, the thing that makes us sick to our stomach is just knowing the opportunity that was there. Because, again, you win Saturday, we're having a totally different conversation. Completely different. And having to go four and two in your last six versus five and one to get to that 15 and 15 number, man, that feels a lot more manageable than having to go five and one. Right? Feels a lot more manageable. So Gamecocks now sitting at 10 and 14 in SEC play. And guys, I'll give you this update, by the way, and I posted this this morning on social media, but just to give you an idea of, and, and we'll, we'll get into this more in a second, we're talking about what's next and what the Gamecocks need to do. But as the Gamecocks sit 10 and 14 in SEC play, okay, with six games remaining in the conference, the question's turning into, well, what does South Carolina got to do to make the postseason, right? What do the Gamecocks have to do to make the postseason? Well, SEC teams, since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1999, okay? These are the amount of wins they've had in conference play, SEC teams, and the percentage of those teams that reached the postseason, right? that played in the postseason, that qualified. And this is based off how many SEC wins you have. So, 57 teams had 11 or fewer conference wins. Zero of those, 0% made the postseason. When you hit 12 wins, 18% make the postseason. When you get to 13 wins, 39% make the postseason. You get to 14 wins, 63%. So, obviously, it's getting better, right? 14 wins at 63%. Now you get to that 15 number, that 15 and 15 number, right? 73% of teams make the postseason. 19 of 26 total have made the postseason, right? And then 16 or more, 100%. You're guaranteed to get in at 16 and 14, which we saw South Carolina get in at 16 and 14 last year and even host. I know it was kind of a weird deal, but they did. they still did host. So, 
you get to that 15 and 15 number, you got a good shot, a decent shot. Now, with your non-conference woes, your midweek woes, I think you're probably going to have to win a game or two in Hoover to help your case because your RPI is going to suffer because of those midweek losses. But if you get to that 15 and 50 number, you got a chance. You got a chance. So, a lot of baseball to go. There's still two more midweeks, which is crazy. There's only two midweeks left. But there's two more midweeks. There's two more SEC series. Who knows what can happen? Right now, I'm saying this game, Cox will miss the postseason. But that's why they play the games. Uh, again, a frustrating weekend in Aggie land just because you know the opportunity that was missed. And, of course, guys, it's Fire Mark Kingston. Like I said, I'm, I'm not going to keep saying that until I'm blue in the face. It's just hard to fathom where you are, especially on the mound. It's hard to fathom. You factor those injuries. I understand, but how can you only have four good pitchers? How is it possible that you only have four arms you really feel confident in? Four arms you can depend on. How is that possible that you can be at that level at the university of South Carolina? It's hard for me to comprehend. Truly. And I'll tell you guys, that Saturday game, I mean, that was a destroyer of all hopes and dreams. I mean, really, truly, that post-game reaction I did, that was real authentic feelings, guys, of I am defeated, I am done, I am finished, I am kaput. Because I tell you this, when you have a bad football season, a bad football team, you only play 12 games. It gets over pretty quickly, right? When you have a bad baseball team, and you have a bad baseball season, doesn't it just feel like it drags and it drags and it drags and it drags weekend after weekend after weekend? You just endure gut punch after gut punch. But we're here. We're still here either way. We're still here bleeding the garnet and black. God bless us all. All right, let's move into the ooh, ooh series MVP award because, like I said, guys, a lot of standouts this weekend in College Station despite the series result. And the ooh, ooh series MVP award goes to Braylon Wimmer. Again, a lot of guys could have won this, but Wimmer, six of nine on the weekend, five walks for him, a great, uh, a great eye at the plate, got on base a ton, two home runs. Three ribbies as well. Again, Braylon red hot over the weekend in College Station. Thought he swung it fantastic. And as I talked going in the weekend, you needed your veteran guys. You needed your glue guys to step up and be those dudes. Loved what I saw from Wimmer, and you hope he can carry it down the stretch. Again, Braylon Wimmer, six of nine, five walks, two homers, three ribbies, the winner of the Ooh Ooh Series MVP award. Let's move into the slap dig of the weekend. This one's easier for me, guys. The South kind of bullpen. They got to wear it. You, you just got to wear it, man. I mean, Friday, you can't stop a freaking nosebleed. Saturday, you can't hold on to a nine-run lead. I, you earned it. I, need I say more? I mean, really, truly, need I say more? Slap mix of the weekend, the South kind of bullpen. Wear it with pride, boys. All right, let's move into who's hot, who's not. Who's hot? Guys, is there a hotter hitter in college baseball than Josiah, Josiah Seitler? And I'm also going to give this to Josiah because this dude right now, 
I mean, you see some of the swings he's taking, like really pretty much all of them. This guy is playing on one leg. And I have been very critical of Josiah Seitler in the past. Guys, I'll just, I'll keep it a buck with you. I didn't think he was going to be on the Gamecocks roster at the beginning of last year. And so to see him doing what he's doing in SEC play and to see him doing it on a bum ankle, I mean, that's a Gamecock, dude. This dude is fighting, scratching, clawing. I tell you what, I don't question his loyalty, his toughness, his dedication to the University of South Carolina because I don't think anybody would blame him if he said, you know what, Coach, I just can't go, man. The ankle's not, not doing right. I need to rest. I I need to put ice on it. I need to chill. He's like, you know what? My team needs me. I love wearing the garnet and black. I'm a valuable piece this lineup. And, I mean, he's just raking. The dude is raking on a bum ankle. So who's hot? Scorching hot. It's Josiah Seidler. Who's not? Evan Stone, tough weekend for the freshman, three for 13. Again, I thought he played okay, but somebody's got to hold this award. So, again, Evan Stone, the freshman, three for 13 in College Station. And as we talked earlier, what's next for South Carolina baseball? Just two midweeks left, the first of which will be tomorrow night against USC Upstate at Founders Park. And then, of course, the weekend series, guys, this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Founders Park, the final SEC series at home for the 2022 season for the Yardcocks. The Gamecocks will take on the Kentucky Wildcats, a Kentucky team, by the way, that just took two of three from the Tennessee Volunteers. So. It doesn't get easier. <laughs> this is the SEC, right? It's SEC baseball. But the Gamecocks do return to the friendly confines for, or excuse me, five straight home games to close out this season, at least going into next weekend in Gainesville. So either way, five straight home games. The home stand begins tomorrow night against USC Update in the weekend series against Kentucky. And we'll see if the Gamecocks, like I said, guys, that magic number of 15 and 15 in conference play, and you need every single win you can get to try, just try to boost any sort of postseason resume that you can put together. So, again, guys, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Texas A&M series, um, your overall takeaways, your MVPs. Do you have any hope that this ball club can make the postseason after losing two of three in College Station. Guys, before we get out of here, a couple quick news and notes to get into on the football side. But before we talk about that, I want to tell you about our latest sponsor, our latest partner, the best real estate agent, the best real estate team in the local Columbia area. Of course, guys, I'm talking Marissa Kennedy, realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Coldwell Banker. Guys, the proof is in the numbers. This team helped over 250 families last year. They work with both buyers and sellers in Columbia and the surrounding areas. They do premium advertising to sell your home faster with high-quality pictures and video. And last year, guys, they sold homes for on average 5.4% more than the competition. Now, guys, right now we're in a seller's market, but Marissa's able to get buyers under contract and in new homes by being available to show homes soon as they hit the market, collaborating with listing agents to write offers that meet the needs and wants of the sellers, and keeping up clear communication throughout the entire process to ensure that you make it to the closing table without a hitch. Guys, give Marissa a call today, 803-406-1800. That's 803-406-1800. And of course, go like her Facebook page and stay tuned to all of her latest listings. That's at Marissa Kennedy Realtor, at Marissa Kennedy Realtor on Facebook. Guys, again, if you are in the market, you're looking for the best real estate agent, the best real estate team in the local Columbia area, be sure to check out our friends, Marissa Kennedy, Realtor and founding member of the Patrick O'Connor team with Colwell Banker. And when you do, be sure to tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show 
sent you. All right, on the football side of things, recruiting is starting to heat up. South kind of gets a commitment. And this is one, guys, is one of the welcome homes from Shane Beamer that has finally gone public. 2023 three-star defensive back Zabari Sandy out of Washington, D.C. St. John's High School has committed to Carolina. And he chose the Gamecocks over a pretty impressive list. Uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Penn State, uh, Boston College. I think there were a couple others, maybe Maryland. Uh, Mississippi State was on there as well. Either way, the Gamecocks get a pretty big commitment and a pretty big piece. And the first piece of this 2023 class, again, he's the 39th ranked safety uh, overall in the 2023 cycle, 468th ranked national player at .8789 on 24-7 sports for those who really care about those things. Uh, Zabari Sandy, six foot one, 204 pounds, so good size on the kid. I'm sure they'll put some meat on his bones as well and get him to beef up a little bit at that safety position. But a pretty hard-hitting player. And again, the first that you'd hope, you'd hope that is going to sort of lead to a trickle effect because it's been a very slow start. Been a very slow start for the Gamecocks. Uh, in regards to the 2023 cycle, but there's a lot of silence out there. And I think you're going to see sort of like last year, the Gamecocks, they're going to probably use the month of June when they get these officials, get guys on campus to get those guys to hard commit to them over that month or so. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how recruiting heats up. But again, Zabari Sandy announcing his coming. And I'll tell you this too, who are we to question any defensive back that Torian Gray and those guys, Clayton White, those guys sign, they have shown they're going to do a fantastic job with defensive backs. And again, Sandy is someone that was sought after by many high-profile schools. So I think, again, a solid pickup. The Gamecocks get Zabari Sandy to officially announce his commitment for the 2023 class. So again, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that commitment. Anything else? Uh, who do you think the other welcome homes are? Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Uh, recruiting is sort of in a dead period right now. I'm sure it's something, like I said, that's going to heat up as we go through the month of June and we go throughout the summer, of course, of the early signing period in December. You think these guys are going to start to announce, and a lot of them want to get those announcements out before their season start in August, if you will. So it'll be very interesting to see just when the announcements come and uh, what type of momentum that Shane Beamer and company can generate on the Recruiting trail. So, again, guys, we are primed for a huge, huge week here with TSUS. Stay tuned. Maybe some new merch dropping this week as well, some football merch that we are working on. I'm really, really excited for it. Don't tell anybody. Actually, tell everybody. I'm really pumped. Um, Again, guys, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the baseball series, the football side of things, whatever else you want to discuss. Be sure to check us out on social media, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, everything else. You are in the drill, folks. Again, appreciate you all tuning in. Podcast all week, the Daily Crow all week, 10 roof content bleeding out the eyeballs. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Wednesday.